We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. It feels like Miami. Miami, Miami. Miami, Miami. Miami, Miami. Miami. Miami, Miami. Miami, Miami. Welcome, welcome to the Heat Beat Podcast. I'm your host, Giancarlo Navas. And with me today, doing the show I've wanted to do for years, frankly. Statistician and professional photographer, Christian Hernandez. What is up? What is up? Trade him. On the bottom of the screen, we have our statistician and pun master of basketball news. The great Nikias Duncan, also host of the Dunker Spot. Hello, hello, hello. Um, nice to be joined by not Nikaias. It's a, it's a nice touch. Oh, I'm Gianni today. Uh, I didn't oh, yeah, realize what I'm doing. On the, I love to see like there's a subculture on Heatbeat of, of our Zoom names. I, I, very few times this chat pointed out, by the way, we're streaming on twitch.tv slash Heatbeat, as is all our content. You can find all our content on Twitch, whether it's a Weird Elf pregame show or Hangover Time postgame show or the Miami Heatbeat podcast that you're listening to now right here on twitch.tv slash So if you are a podcast listener only i would recommend that you stop by it's a lot of fun chats chats pop and it's great or come to our hangover time uh i'm sorry our our recovery time locker room shows which are pretty much after every game day uh alf and i and tiff and and other heapy members kind of hang out on locker room you can talk to us uh and again talk to us like that it's fun we have a we have a great time 
you know, we joke about Karate and his situations, but we, you know, we, I'm happy. We do I have a saw, lot of times. I will. Say. No, I just stopped talking because uh, we have Critter Kid with the Prime sub, and finally, I have an alert set up on Twitch where Eric and Tony do the looking at some stats. Oh and the my audio, god! I just saw it. It's so good, Gianni. The audio finally played, and I was kind of struck back. So shout oh out god, you to Critter Kid for the Prime oh. sub. If you give us a Prime sub, you will hear that. Or, or if you just sub in general, you will get that alert. And uh, we have a lot of show to get to today. That's why I have on two of the best to talk with me. Uh, we're essentially doing the show that I've wanted to do for a long time. And Schmidt and Smolnik in chat says, is Nikaias here to push even more Raptors propaganda? G needs to be stopped. Um, the Heat have been linked. Yes. <laughs> heat have been heavily linked to Kyle Lowry today. And whether it's Shams or, or Stein or Barry or whoever, uh, Leif, the reporting is pretty clear that there is there's where there's smoke, there's fire and there's something there. And I mentioned on Hangover Time, but I was talking to somebody who I, you know, I, I trust. And they they told me to watch out for the Cavs as a third team for whatever deal that Miami's doing. They said, look at look at Cleveland to be a third team because they're hearing heroes name thrown around in talks and they, you know, this is somebody I would I would believe. So I was given that information and yesterday, and I was thinking, well, why would the Heat need Cleveland as a third team? So I was looking at kind of what made sense. And this is really before the Lowry stuff started to trickle in. And I'm talking to my guy and I goes, is it, I mean, Lowry is the only big money guy that I would think of that would need another team, but the Heat can get a Lowry deal done without without Cleveland. And then I started thinking, well, does that mean that Norman Powell, because then, you know, if you get Powell salary and Lowry salary, then Andre Drummond's salary suddenly makes things make sense. And if you reroute a second round pick or some other stuff to Cleveland, all of a sudden things start making sense. So not that that's going to be the final version of the deal, but I was told that yesterday. And then the Shams report and all that other, and Barry and all that other stuff kind of Cleveland, the Heat are, are heavily pursuing Lowry. So I would think that there's a lot of truth to what's going on. And I have, you know, Nikias and Christian to help help us talk this through and kind of what makes sense in the fit and particularly Christian, Tyler Hero, because, you know, that was the name that I heard and that's the name that's been thrown around and Leif of Five Reasons Sports has said that, well, you know, there could be a version of this deal with Duncan Robinson, which brings out, what do you want, Duncan or Tyler? You know, there's a lot of financial stuff, but I really want to focus on the Tyler stuff because I think it's been really interesting on the timeline, kind of the civil war that's going on um, with people that want Tyler or don't want Tyler or whatever. And Christian, we were talking before, like, there is a cap on his offensive talent that I think that people don't really want to talk about. Um, yeah, I mean, so my argument to this point and, you know, and obviously, and Nikaios was saying this earlier, and it's important to reinforce he's 21 years old. So he's still incredibly young, but, you know, even though he is young, we have already seen a lot of Tyler hero in the NBA, you know, and he's, uh, he's definitely improved in certain areas. Um, but also as a whole, you've kind of seen that he's, he's kind of leveling out you know, at certain, you know, at certain levels, at least statistically, you know, and it's not usually a great sign, you know, at least in terms of if you're looking for a star caliber player, you don't see them usually stalling out to the point where he's actually like statistically uh, regressed a little bit. And I, and I know a lot of that has to do just with some bad three point shooting, which I'm sure will correct, but um, there's just a lot of, and, I'll, and I'm going to find some stats throughout the show, you know, the, kind of reinforce my point and I'll let you guys get into it. 
Um, but I think my the biggest surprise to me has been how many people are completely against trading him at all because of this supposed potential that he could still be like, I still see people throwing around a Steph Curry comparison. Like if we were in a Steph Curry situation, we would have known by now, you know? So I, I feel like the, the potential does need to be ramped down a little bit because I feel like it is getting a little out of hand. Guys, you think you tweeted that like you're oddly the person highest on hero right now, like in the general heat Twitter sphere? I wouldn't say highest, but like I just didn't expect to be here because I was you know, famously not a fan of the pick. I was I had my flag on Brandon Clark Island more, more infamously. But yeah, yeah, it, you know, words, words mean things, I guess. But no, I, I, I wasn't super high on the hero pick. Um, for a lot of reasons that people are frustrated now, like you see the it's a lack of burst that you want to see from a lead option. Um, the handle isn't as tight as you want it to be. And there are some limitations defensively because of the athleticism, because of the wingspan, I throw it out there. But I don't get people rushing to write Tyler Hero off based off of this season because there hasn't been obvious linear progression this season like Tyler Hero has put together 10 consecutive games twice this season like that matters this is a second this is a second year guard coming off of a shortened offseason with a lot of inconsistency around him in terms of his role in terms of the players that he's playing with like he hasn't really had much of a shot to gain consistency. So it's not a surprise that the second year guard in a weird situation has had a weird year mired with inconsistency. So if you want to argue that Tyler Hero is not going to become Devin Booker or CJ McCollum or Steph Curry, like the Steph Curry never thing never yeah. made sense. But if you Honestly, that felt more like he Twitter meme than like actual projection. But at any rate, if you don't feel like he's going to become that guy, I don't think this season is the data point to say, see, I told you so. Because there's been so much noise around it. And the fact that he's been able to grow in some meaningful ways, like he has grown a little bit as a playmaker. The decision making still has a ways to go. But this isn't a guy that's had a lot of lead ball handler reps. Like he's coming from Kentucky where he was mostly an off-ball guard a guy that ran off a lot of screens. And if he did run pick and roll, it was after Kentucky swung the ball around the perimeter like four times and he had to create late in the clock. So he's never really had that. The point guard experiment at the beginning of the season was really the first time that he's really gotten lead ball handle reps. So you add that the games that he's missed, the games that the teammates that he needs to help complement his skill set, they've missed games as well. We just kind of need to calm down when it comes to, okay, heroes overrated, he's, he's only going to be a sixth man. He's, you know, he's, he's not a guy that can be a good player on a good team. Like just a few minutes ago, he was playing meaningful minutes for a finals team. Did you just tell he Twitter to calm down? Yeah. I, I got to know gonna, my audience. They're never going to calm down. Means. But like, like <laughs> it's just kind of like, what are, what are we actually doing here? It's, He's an interesting I'm, I'm guy. I'm not surprised from what we've seen. 
he's weird and like he's he's polarizing for like a lot of reasons i think that he's really marketable and i think fans just generally like him like aside from the basketball stuff and the the potential and everything i think he's just a likable marketable player to a certain segment of the audience that likes him right and he's you know he's young and he's cool and the drip and the instagram girlfriend and you know there's other other aspects as well that make him palatable to a certain you know portion of the audience but he's he's marketable and he's liked right and he's 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 a, he's a kid and he's young and and the infinite potential of um of question marks is always more attractive than a i mean for hand. me it's the fact he has a cereal i mean yeah and and the chipotle don't forget about the chipotle oh that's right i haven't had the, the chipotle bowl yet but it sounds good like that's it's a good combination so you know he's he's got a lot going on i think he's a pretty relatively efficient, like second year small guard. I mean, I, he, earlier in the season, he was getting like 1.25 points per possession off pick and roll. Now, that was obviously a smaller sample earlier in the season, but he had more of a defined role. He was a starter then. Uh, some of other guys were out. So he, he got a lot of on ball reps and, and, and he looked good as a ball handler in pick and roll. He's fallen off. He's 0.95. Four, which is whatever it's okay I, I think for a guy in the second year i think that's adequate you know he's 1.05 points per possession as a spot-up shooter shooting 49 percent off drives i think the three-point shooting would open up his game a bit if he got to 36 38 i think that he's defended a little differently he gets a little more space i think naturally he's never gonna get a guy be a guy that gets a ton of separation he just doesn't have the athleticism and he does have a lot in his back. His pull-up shooting earlier in the season was really good. He was shooting almost 50%. That's fallen off. He's shooting about 36%, which is really not good. <laughs> on pull-ups, uh, on pull-up twos, he's shooting 42%, uh, which is, you know, that that's pretty good, right? From a mid-range pull-up shooter, that's that's pretty okay, right? And, and, and you think that that'll go up. So there's a lot in his game that I think is attractive. And I think we'll get better. And I think, as Nikaya said, like, it doesn't have to be, like, this super linear kind of um trajectory he he has there's been circumstances that haven't been good there are things that are good i think he's active as a rebounder which is like nice right he's not the best defender he can be hunted so there's a lot but christian i think to your point that you said earlier in the group chat it's like if he's not gonna be like i don't think he's on a star trajectory i mean everything that we say is very nice and good but i still think like the cap for him is like lou williams with fewer free throws and like a little bit better shooting Right. Like, I, I think that's kind of what we're looking at as a ceiling. And I and I feel like you kind of agree with me on that. Yeah. Uh, and I, we, I bring up this the star conversation because I feel like that's you don't want to trade a guy who becomes a star. Right. That's the ultimate regret. You don't want you know, to be that team when it was so, especially when, you know, you had him under contract for years to come. You had a lot of control that would have been. Relatively- How often does that happen, though? Like, how often does a team actually, because I think we we hope that guys are stars, but I think when you know a guy's a star, you know he's a star. It's very rare that you, maybe Oladipo, but Oladipo's like a fringe star. How often do you actually move, a, maybe Shea Gilchrist Alexander? I mean, the, the question mark's still out on him, but like, it doesn't happen too often that you're the yeah. team that, that trades him. I think the aspect of it, especially that revealed itself today, that surprised me the most. And Nikias, I would like to know your opinion on this is the people that were drawing the line at, oh, we can't trade Tyler Hero just for Kyle Lowry with the consideration that Jimmy Butler is going to be 32 soon. Like, you know, you you need to maximize these years while he's in the you know, still in the peak of prime. 
I just kind of feel like trading not just Hero. I mean, the age difference is one thing, and then you add in the team control. Hero has two more two more years on a rookie contract, and then I would imagine at least a four-year deal, probably five-year deal. So trading like six or seven years of team control for Tyler Hero for Kyle Lowry is just not something that I'm super into. And that's with recognizing that Kyle Lowry is really freaking good. And he is a much better player on both ends of the floor than Tyler Hero is right now. So I do understand the framework of maximize your time with Jimmy Butler. The issue is that Jimmy Butler is not the only star on this team. Bam Adebayo is also a star. And so while you want to maximize Jimmy, you also have a star on a different in a completely different timeline that you also have to consider. So if you're flipping Tyler Hero, ideally you want to flip him in a deal for someone that is on Bam's timeline more so than Jimmy's because there's more longevity there. And with those two being as good as they are right now, that also allows you to compete short term. So like if I'm flipping Tyler Hero on a deal, I'm aiming for Beal. I'm aiming for Levine if you want to go a bit lower. But, you know, Levine's, what, 27, 28? He's still in that range. Is he even He's still young enough that he has plenty of time to jail with Bam, but also is good enough to help maximize what Jimmy Butler does as well. I'm not doing that for Kyle Lowry as he's in his mid-30s. And if you're saying... Oh, go ahead. No, no, you go first. Six, yeah. So, yeah, like I would be aiming for someone at the very least in between the two timelines, between Bam and Jimmy's timeline. But ideally, I'm aiming more towards Bam because he's going to be the guy that takes the torch from Jimmy. Um, he showed flashes of doing that earlier this season. He's not there yet. Jimmy still drives the bus. But you have two stars in tow. It can't just be about Jimmy, and you can't sacrifice your young pieces for the later timeline, I don't feel like, unless you know. And I think for that matter, if you're going for an older player, what? it has hmm? Sacrificing what? A six-man microwave score? Like what, you know, I guess it comes down to like, what do you think you're giving up? I think microwave six minutes score. I feel like that kind of undersells like the ceiling for hero. Like I, I get the Lou Williams. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Comp, I think he's going to be better than Lou Williams. I'll put it like this, and I'm completely doing this off the top of my head. So if I sound ridiculous, then fine. <laughs> but like we had to talk in the chat 
when you ask me what I think hero ceiling is, I think he can be, I said, I think he could be a third on a title team. Goran Dragic was a third on Miami's final team last year. I just kind of think Tyler Hero is going to be better than Goran Dragic was. Ooh. Like, I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility. And like Goran Dragic was a bloomer himself. So he doesn't have the zip. Look, no one's perfect. Even the best baseball player strikes out when the bases are loaded. The best golfer sometimes three-putt with the tournament on the line. So if you feel like you're coming up short in the bedroom, it's perfectly okay. But if it's bothering you, there are options. Go get to roman.com slash heatbeat21 now. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your own home. A U.S. licensed healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, it ships to you for free with two-day shipping, and the whole process is discreet and straightforward. Get Getting started is simple. Go get to roman.com slash heatbeat21 and complete an online visit. Take care of your ED without leaving home. Complete the online visit today to connect with the doctor and take care of it. Go get to roman.com slash heatbeat21 to get $15 off your first month. Look, that's a straightforward way to take care of your ED. Get to roman.com slash heatbeat21. Go get started to save $15 on your first month of treatment. I don't know if Goran had the off-the-bounce shooting either. Yeah, I mean, Goran doesn't need the zip necessarily, though, because he's got so many, like, crafty finishes, too. Like, that that would be a big thing for Tyler, and he's improved his finishing this season. I um, guess that's where... No, yeah, and he's been, he's been really good there. And I think the, the stuff in in pick and roll like matters. I, I don't think he'll get to the rim as much. Like he's like a medium usage pick and roll guy. I don't think, and, and I think the heat spacing kind of sucks too. And I think that's a part of it. Like that's an important dimension to this, that when he's playing on those bench units with Iguodala, cause you know, when he was starting the, the pick and roll numbers looked a lot better than when he's running pick and roll and Andre's sitting there in the corner and his man's helping like that matters, right? Like I, I, I that, that matters. Um, that's, that's certainly a, that's a leap though, that, that you're willing to make that I'm not, that you're just like third guy on a title team better than Dragic who, I mean, Dragic has like, I don't know, he's made all NBA teams. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) that's asking a lot out of hero, which I think if everything breaks right, that's certainly kind of something that you can see happening, but that's, that's an ask of him. And that's fair. Like, I also think just going back earlier, I think it's, a little silly that we're doing what is his ceiling during his second season in which everything around the season has been weird and hard to parse through. So I understand the calculus that the heat have to manage. Like the Jimmy concern is a very real thing. Like the time is click. The time is taking on Jimmy Butler. So I understand Miami having these talks, but as I kind of take a step back and look at like the fan reaction around hero and his season, I don't know how I don't get how this season is the one that proves that his ceiling is never going to be X, Y, or Z. Because like, how can you, how can you decide that? It doesn't. They just forced 32 games, but they're, they're in a position that they need to make a decision by Thursday. 
Like, and, and that's the unfairness of a trade deadline. And like the given the weird season that they had with the COVID, and really, the, I've said this a bunch. The Heat season started on January thirtieth because everything before that was total like it, it was nonsense. Because Jimmy rolled his ankle game one of the season, they weren't healthy. Like that, that none of that counted. Like it didn't like they, they were not healthy. They had COVID and Jimmy was playing on a bad wheel. Their season started on January 30th when he came back against the Kings and they have, I mean, they've barely had a half a season, right? And now you have to make these decisions that are going to affect the future, the next five years of your franchise, right? Because if you do resign Lowry, that is a hit to the cap sheet. And if Norman Powell's in that deal too, I imagine that you're doing that deal with the intention of retaining him. I don't see them just taking him and then letting him walk because he's going to he's going to get paid. So you're really committing a lot of money to your future and a decision that you think that you are ready for a title. And, you know, Nikaias, they were they were a Goran foot injury away from probably winning or at least pushing that to seven. Like, I don't even think Bam has to play. That's how, I mean, that series was weird. They were scoring. They were shredding the Lakers defense up and down. And the difference in that series wasn't as much as it was Bam on offense as he would have helped defensively. But it was, they just did not have another guy to run any offense when Jimmy was off the floor or when AD would drop on Jimmy or switch on Jimmy and drop. And then they had, they really could not flip the ball around to do anything. Um, so, I mean, they, they're, they were close last year. And if you think that Lowry and Powell plus LaMarcus Aldridge buyout gets you to the finals. I don't think you ever have to say you're sorry for trading a maybe in Tyler Hero. I don't know, Christian. I don't know if I'm off base, but I do think they at least owe it to Jimmy and they're close. And I think that they've proven that they can get out of bad situations in the past. And I mean, freaking Russell Westbrook has been traded twice. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like (laughs) there's no bad contract you can't get off of. Yeah, and let's just be real. Like, Pat's not getting any younger. You know what I mean? Oh, God. Stay on silent. Um, <laughs> Professor. Um, I, just, I, I don't know how patient he's going to be. You know, I like he like the trade he made last season was a great kind of move for making a run, and it really paid off. Like, do you really – would you be that shocked if – he did something again. Like I know he already traded for Ariza. I'm still, I'm still not sold entirely on how much he's really going to end up playing. Um, I know Nikias wasn't thrilled <laughs> with what he's seen so far. Just fair. I like him more I mean, than Nikias does. That's that shocked me. I never like washed up guy, but I'm like, you know what? I I'm in on Ariza. I think I think once he gets his sea legs under him, he'll be good. I mean, that's the thing. He needs a little time. Yeah, that's all. That's all. It's like the early returns have been mid, but they were supposed to be mid. He hasn't played yeah. NBA basketball in a year. Do you like, think the point he's I made better than the... Andre did when Andre first came? You said what? Do you think he's looked better in his first couple of games than Andre did? Because I thought Andre looked like dead awful. Yeah, Andre looked bad. I don't think bad. Bad. The fact that Ariza has already like been able to catch the ball on the perimeter, dribble twice, and get into the paint and make a kick out, <laughs> kick out, I think is encouraging because Andre Iguodala couldn't really do that. Like it was a random flash on defense where he like stripped somebody, but on offense, he didn't really have it. And you already know what the shot is. So like, I think a reason going to be fine, but uh, yeah, watching him dance against Karis Levert at the end of that, uh, end of the fourth quarter was not, <laughs> That's a not fun fair. Time. That, that wasn't, that wasn't a fun time at all. I'm sorry. 
They closed um, with them. That surprised me. But um, but yeah, Christian, keep going. No, I was I was just gonna uh and Schmolnik in the chat. Norman Powell at 20 million sounds a lot better than Duncan at 15 million. I you know, I wanna and I know Nikaias will back me up on this. I found it Nikaias, I don't know. Have you found this funny that he Twitter has made Norman Powell a title swing piece? I mean, that's that's where I'm getting a little. I feel like we need to rate it back a little bit. <laughs> I don't think people have. I listen. I I'm experienced in the Norman Powell experience. You will give up 50 back cuts a game, and uh, every third night he's gonna make you hate him. He's good. Clearly, and those other those other two nights this season, there's no way he's those, shooting that well if he was doing that that frequently. Those other two nights, let me tell you, that shit's good. <laughs> Nikaias, you know the other two nights you're just like damn all nba trajectory and then he'll be like hmm norm i feel feel like outside of like the toronto fandom like i think i think everyone is doing the thing to where like people don't know who norman powell is yeah so just like no i'm not giving up this for norman powell and then you watch him twice and catch him on those two nights or you look into his numbers and now it's whoa, Norman Powell can swing a title series. <laughs> so like it's the overcorrection, and the truth is somewhere in the middle. Like I do think he is he's very a good, good. Guy. Like he's, he's a built good off guy. of yeah, like he's built off of the year he had last year, particularly in the bubble, and he's in the middle of a career year now. Like he's young and ascending. I uh, would like to see him do literally anything else on offense outside of shoot, but. You know, it, that's like not he's, fair. He's, Hold on. That's not fair. I think like, the numbers will tell me that he's a good pick and roll ball handler. I don't want him running like 10 pick and rolls a game. But, you know, uh, if, if you know, on some secondary action, I'm OK with that. Yeah, I'm just saying like when he gets the ball for the secondary action, the shot's going up. Yeah. 44% shooter from three. 50% shooter <laughs> like, on drives. 1.2 points per possession on spot-ups and 1.12 points per possession as a pick-and-roll ball handler, which, by the way, leads the Raptors. He's very good. That's all. I'm just saying he, uh, he's having he a leans hell of one a way very heavily. That's all I'm saying. But he's making shots at a clip where that is warranted. But, yeah, I think he's Norman Powell's like, good. I don't know if he's, you know, fringe, all-star, swing a title race good. And, like, I just don't know if he's enough to where you say, sure, I give up on Hero. He's better than Jay Crowder for sure. Like he's better than what Jay Crowder. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like what I'm thinking is if you can infuse Lowry and Powell and still find a way to keep Goron and he still has enough steam to go through one more playoff run, like that's a lot of firepower that the Heat could take against the Lakers most likely. That fixes but their offense. That's what they're going to need because like the Lakers are definitely not slowing down, at least when they get healthy. So... Nikaias, that fixes their offense, correct? Uh, I think it definitely juices it. Like, though, I would say at least recently, like Miami hasn't had much issue generating good offense. It's just the finishing part that's been the issue. So, if you swap out some guys that are missing shots for guys that are making shots, then I think everything's gonna look a lot better. I we talked about this like the other day, but like the, the collective churn that the fan base had on Duncan Robinson after the Memphis game was jarring. It was like, that was the delineation point where I'm like, Oh wow. No, like this is a game where everyone's like, you, you know, the chef Ramsey meme. And it's like, you dumb donkey versus uh, oh sweet, sweet child. Yes. It was that it, it went like in an instant. 
It was like no more. It was like no, you donkey. Like everyone was mad. I was he literally missed a just million watching Master Chef before we started this. <laughs> Love that show. And guys, have you seen the meme where it was like it's you and Steve Jones, your your co-host, and it's you know yes. watch the bigs, Steve Jones. <laughs> oh no, you sweet child, guys, you donkey. It's <laughs> a great meme, I must say. It said me, yeah. But, uh, so I don't think the ahead. fan base has been particularly fair to Duncan Robinson either. Like, I was actually looking at some of his numbers this season. I was just looking at his numbers in general. And, like, last year he had, at least as far as the tracking data goes, like the best catch-and-shoot season in NBA history, or at least during the tracking data era. So he's dropped from, like, 46% to 40%, which is still really freaking good (laughs) on catch-and-shoots. But it feels so bad. It feels like he's just awful now. But because he's because he's gone from like literal best ever to elite. Good. Yeah. Like it's such a I wild... do think the I think the forty eight percent on open shots last year versus the thirty eight percent on open shots this year, I think that's the difference. Yeah, like it's difficult to tell. It's just we still have to recognize that's pretty darn good considering the coverage that he gets. He gets a lot of open shots. He gets the same, and he gets the same amount of open looks, same percentage via NBA tracking of open looks this year as last year. So the offense, the the handoff offense that everyone likes to complain about, is doing its function. Yeah. So you just gotta hope that he finds a rhythm soon, and maybe he isn't historic like he was last year. But if it's a step below that, that's still ninety fifth percentile good. Like you take that. Marco and Chad is saying elite is a strong term. Come on, Nikias. I mean, he's shooting 40% from three on like eight attempts. I, what do we call that? 38%, Nikias. Get right. 38%. I'm sorry. The four the four in the front makes a difference. It makes you feel better. 39% <laughs> makes you feel icky. I, I feel the like these four, days, that's the cutoff, right? Like elite, once you hit 40%, you're an elite, you're elite. point shooter. 39%? Eh. <laughs> I'm not even joking. Like, <laughs> but like the fact that a lot of those looks are coming off some sort of movement, if it's off a handoff, it's off a screen, or if he's relocating, like it's not, he's not taking Steve Novak threes. No. Like er- everything is off some sort of movement. So the fact that he's doing that in that kind of volume, even with the dip, like how many players are doing it in the league? Uh, but like, and that's the thing that I get upset about when people say like, oh, he can be, he can be like schemed out of a series. I was like, show me where that's happened. Because, I mean, even even the Bucks, who, you know, really did the best job on him, you know, had to put Wes Matthews and Chris Middleton on him. Let Jimmy, you know, bully poor George Hill. You know what I mean? Like, whatever whatever they do to him, he's involved in all their sets. Like, watch an offensive possession on the Heat where Duncan Robinson's on the floor. He's screening, relocating. He's doing something all the time. That bam dunk on Sabonis, that was... That was a pitch handoff, and then Duncan got the the slip pass, and it was lights out. Like he does so much for them on offense that it's crazy. And the way that people say, like Nikaya said, like people treat him like he's Steve Novak, like what you know the Heat did to poor Steve Novak. Heat five, <laughs> um, <laughs> that was brutal. The Bucks are an elite historic defense. The Lakers could, the Lakers were the best defense in the league. They could not stop him and Kelly Olynyk. It's still like the funniest thing on earth to me. <laughs> what, what are they going to do? Oh, this um, is funny. Oh, do, do you guys want to play like a quick game? 
I love games. I just I just saw a tweet that listed the betting favorites for each player on the trade market. Do you guys want to take a crack at it? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, what you got? Okay, so basically, you guys just gonna have to guess what team is supposedly the betting favorite right now for the player. So, so give um, some, name some of the players, and we'll guess the teams. Let's start with number nine, Aaron Gordon. I'm gonna say Portland. Betting favorite for Aaron Gordon? Uh, darn, I was gonna say Portland. I will go Denver. <laughs> oh, okay, neither of you are right. The betting favorite wow. is the Warriors. Hmm. Light years. Light years, right? Andre Drummond. You want to go first, Nick Guys? Has to be the Lakers, no? I'm going to go the Raptors. 0 for 2 for both of you. Uh, the Mavericks, actually. Better okay. favorites. Um, John Collins. Oh, he. Um, I'm going to go the Mavs. Uh, I'll go Minnesota. One of you actually got it this time. Gianni, correct. Yeah, the Mavericks are the go. betting favorites to land John Collins. Nice. Okay, guys, a really hard one here. Kyle Lowry. Oh, <laughs> the Raptors. <laughs> Boo. Boo. All right, yes, it's the Heat. <laughs> is, is Harrison uh, Barnes on there? Huh? Oh, Lonzo. I, I bet Lonzo stays. I bet Lonzo stays. Okay, probably will stay. Um, Let's assume Chicago. Ooh, um... I'll go Minnesota. Uh, no, neither. Uh, the Knicks betting favorites. The Knicks yeah. are back in trade talks. Look at that. Good for Imagine them. that. No, not good. Uh, all right, Nikola Vucevic. Oh, wow. They need a bounty. New Orleans. I'm going to say Boston. Because <laughs> he said the word bounty. It's the Celtics. <laughs> Damn, really? <laughs> a bounty of picks. <laughs> All right, Norman Powell. Mavericks. Uh, uh, say Atlanta. I don't know. Those sneaky Knicks. The Knicks again. Damn, don't get out of here. Do not touch him. For, <laughs> for Norman Powell. Look at that. All right, we got one last one. All right. Victor Oladipo. <laughs> Miami. <laughs> I'm going to go with the Knicks. It actually is the Heat. So All congratulations, right. Gianni. You have Good a job. This is why I don't gamble. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, yeah. So that was fun. Um, I love trade season. Trade season's fun. There's a lot to get to. Um, I want to, the last thing I kind of want to touch on is I'll start with Nikaias. If you had to keep Duncan. Or you had to keep Tiro in a move for Lowry. Oh, if I just got to keep one of them. Yeah, you got you got you you get to trade you trade one. If I'm trading one, I'm trading Robinson. You're trading Duncan. Yes. Christian, I think you agree. Uh yeah, I mean, like if if it's the same return and you're asking me which one I'm gonna trade between Hero and yes. I'm obviously gonna trade Robinson. Like everyone's saying keep, everyone's saying Duncan. Yeah, check. like if that's if that's if it's really a choice, yeah. Like I would ex- like I say like I'm okay with trading Tyler, knowing that you should be getting much more for him than you would be if you were trading Duncan. You know? I I I think Duncan's a better basketball player right now. I do understand that Duncan is going to be expensive next year, and that's a problem. But 
I think if you're going all in by getting Lowry, by getting Lowry, that means you're going all in. I think that means that you got to keep the guy who's better now. And I think, and it's funny because like last year in the playoffs, Duncan was not closing most of those games, right? It was Tyler and Goron in the backcourt, Jimmy, Jay, Bam. That was the closing lineup or or Andre or whatever. Like it wasn't, it wasn't Duncan most of the time uh, when they were healthy. So I think that matters. I think that they don't trust him for some reason late and they trust, I I get why they trust Tyler. They want another ball handler who can shoot. It makes sense. Uh, I do think Duncan's better defensively and he's less huntable. Although, and I feel like it's unfair because I think everyone has the Lakers series in their mind. LeBron's going to do that to anybody, mm-hmm. anybody. LeBron's going to do that too. LeBron's going to pick on whoever the smallest guy on the floor is. No, and, LeBron's going to knock and they him over. Had to have Tyler and Duncan out there together a lot in the finals once Goron went down. Like they didn't have much of a choice. Like you know, and it's not that hard to abuse the team when you got two guys that you can go at, regardless of what you're trying to do schematically. Everyone doesn't have a LeBron. Right, like they're not. Everyone's not gonna be able to put Duncan on an island at the top of the key and let him get you know bowled over. I think I think Duncan's pretty okay on defense. Obviously, he's gonna be the guy attacked, but I don't know. I, I lean, I lean to keep Duncan a little bit, and and that's just because if you're if if you're going for Lowry, that means you're trying to you're trying to win this year, you're trying to win this year or next year, and I. I, I think that Duncan gives you the best chance. And maybe I'm a little silly. Duncan just hasn't shot the ball well. I, I like legitimately you're just you you're not that good a shooter. And this like I think I think the floodgates are gonna eventually open. Like a guy like Olenek, I don't think he's just gonna start shooting 60% from three this year. Like no, no, I mean, yeah, his I think there's not. an argument there. Like if you tell me the only thing that matters is this season. Then I I might consider trading Tyler instead of Duncan, but it's just I, my thought process. Because if you're, if way, you're going all in, you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> I love the Lowry fit with Duncan too. It's like this, like the he would fit so great. They can run all their sets. He would be fantastic in whatever handoff action that they use in their inverted sets. He's a great screener, and and I mean he's a really really good screener. And he's gonna set the heat record for charges taken. It's gonna feel so much better having that on your side. You know what I mean? It's, it's good. It's it's good. I mean, he he just fits into all their stuff, and I love the fit. Norm too, by the way. I think Except Norm the shorts. <laughs> hey guys, you with me? Oh yeah, I'm here. I I was just kind of cracking up in my head as you made the Robinson over hero case, and like eighty percent of your case was why Duncan Robinson couldn't close games, and Tyler did. So I, I got a good uh got a good internal chuckle out of that. I mean Duncan's better than Tyler at defense, so I'm like <laughs> I'm feeling bad for Duncan. I'm just saying, if uh, the difference was that great, he probably would have closed over Tyler. They wanted the but that that's that's a function of Spo wanting the extra ball handler. Like he's always wanting the extra ball handler. I would I would be curious to know what the decision making process is in that because it's remember, it's, hold on, wait. Like Remember that the Ray, whole fourth quarter these days. Like it's Ray a, Allen it's, was closing over Shane Battle. Doing that on purpose. Let's not forget that. <laughs> like, even though Shane was arguably the, the the better defender and better player, like they they went with the extra ball handling. Yeah, this so. is true. This is true. I would just say that while Duncan also ha- has some room to improve, like again, the difference in catch and shoot threes, even the difference in like uncontested shots, has been a little different from last year this year. The same could be said for Tyler, and he does give you that ball handling element that Robinson just doesn't. Like, I don't know. I feel like 
it just feels like we're being too hard on Tyler Hero. And that's hilarious coming from me, of all people. <laughs> but, like, I, know. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, a dude shoots 44% on catch-and-shoot threes last year, and then he shoots 34% in a super weird season in which he's missed time, and the offense has been poop all year long. And it's just like, oh, there's no faith for him to like us. Like, this is his ceiling. It's just no, but that's not. That's I don't think are we said. I, I don't. I'm not I'm saying, not saying you're that. saying that. I'm just okay. saying like that's the general pulse of what's happened with Hero. And I don't it's get why, like, that. But it's like it's why like the situation's like really fucked because they have to make a. They're literally making a decision about who he's gonna be by Thursday, right? And like I think ultimately. Tyler doesn't get moved. I think they're I think the probably the smart play is to bet I mean they bet on him being better than he was I think this year. But I I think the smart play is going to be to bet on him to be better and then you you know even if you don't win the title this year, you're going to be right in the mix next year. You're going to have whatever 18 million or whatever the hell they're going to have in cap space. And it's just, you know, it's a tough spill to swallow when, you know, you just your season has kind of gone sideways. By the way, the Heat are reeling when they've won 12 of their last 15 games or 11 of their last 15 games. Like the, We're talking about the season's going sideways when they've been really, really good lately. Um, so I'm, I'm to Tiff and Chad is saying, I've been saying trade Duncan and G was like, no, I'm, I'm old and firm. All the saying no. Uh, but if, if they do move Duncan um, and they keep hero, I think that's, that's also a good move. Um, and they get, they really could put a lineup of a lot of ball handling on the floor, a lot of shooting in theory on the floor, and that's going to help. I mean, their offense, Nikias, as we've said a bunch of times, they have no pressure on the rim, and they don't get free throws. They don't get out in transition nearly as enough as they should be, and their shooting stinks. And Lowry's a guy that gives them some down a downhill threat, uh, gives them a shooter off the handoff or a spot-up guy or an off-the-dribble guy, you know, a legitimate three-level scorer. A guy that can run offense late, a guy that can't get picked on late in games, is a really, really good defender that's as well documented as anything. Uh, has a repertoire with Jimmy. I like how they've been using Jimmy. They, they, there's a commitment lately to putting Jimmy as a screener in pick and roll, particularly for Goron, which I like. And that really preps him to play with Lowry, especially on minutes where Bam's not on the floor. And they can, if they have a guy like Lamarcus Aldridge, you know, you can kind of have him stretch the floor a little bit. And then you can run kind of some Lowry, Jimmy pick and roll with Jimmy. And Jimmy, uh, I think, Christian, the last time you sent me the stats, he was like 98th percentile as a screener. He just doesn't qualify because he hasn't done it enough. But I mean, oh, yeah. he's been mm-hmm. like, he's ridiculous, right? So there's, if they do a move like this, there's a lot to look forward to. I think it's, I think it's really good. And I think it's really positive. Um, I, I don't know. Best guess, guys. Christian, do you think they, they do it? Do you think that, that Lowry gets moved to the Heat by Thursday? I feel like there's just been so much noise around it. Um, and we know how close Jimmy and, and Kyle are. Like, I feel like it's almost kind of inevitable. It would be awesome if they could, if it could be Jimmy, Bam, Kyle, and Goron. Cause like, that's just fun. Like, and I would very much support that um, just on the surface. But so I, I do hope they do it. I just, I do hope they make a move to just either. I mean, I like the, the Lowry power combination just because it really boosts your backcourt and to the, to a point, to an extent that I feel like wasn't even feasible to me. 
Uh, I was more focused on like shoring up, you know, the, the front court, making sure that Kelly is not the only guy that you can trust to have like a true big man in there. I think that should still be a priority. I mean, I I've, obviously we're hearing a lot of talks about LMA in the buyout market, which would be a nice fit for kind of what they need. Um, obviously we don't know how much he has left, but I, I hope they go for it just because like I said before, I think people get a little too wrapped up in potential. I know we did a little bit with justice Winslow. I think I can admit that, um, you know, <laughs> just as better, but now. this team is focused on winning a title. And I think this is a very unique window they have right now, and they should try to take advantage of it. <laughs> Marco saying in chat, we did get too into justice. Winslow. <laughs> I think it right out for Guys. yourself. <laughs> yeah, you were you were here with us. You were here with us. You were vibing to yes or no, Nikaias. You were vibing to Justice Better, the song. Oh, absolutely. I still believe. What do you mean? That's a banger, and man. Listen, the hive, the hive is strong. Nikaias, best guess. Did it happen or what? I'm gonna say no. I think I have this speaking suspicion that this is very much. Hey, Miami will really do this. So Philly, you might want to throw in Tyrese Max if you really want him. I feel like it's just going to end up being one of those deals where he ends What's up in Philly, Philly or package? Toronto just doesn't. Hmm? What's the Philly package that's so attractive? It's two picks like, of Maxi. Yeah, I think it's picks Maxi, and you have some filler. I think that's so, but two picks specifically two picks. Yeah, like okay, Philly has all the like, picks since they didn't want to give up any in the Harden talks. So. <laughs> So actually, I'm glad that you mentioned that because I think that there's something that I want to clear up for for the audience that may not. A couple things. Let's start with the. And by the way, I don't. I think my best guess is that it doesn't happen. I, I think Lowry legitimately just retires a Raptor. I think there's a lot of noise, and he. I don't know if he's decided yet. I, I, I. It makes a lot of sense for them to to roll it back to sign him long term. I think Powell probably gets moved for something, and the Heat just don't have the gun. I think Powell can get moved for a first round pick to somebody. I think. Man, that, I would feel so bad for Raptors Twitter because it has been a straight up funeral over there. It feels like like they're it's they're bad. behaving like they know it's gonna happen. Like everyone's just preparing to be sad. Iman but, is careening. Of uh, Iman, one of the hosts of Dishes and Dimes, careening back and forth of like he's gone he's not gone oh, yeah, prepared for this. Like, the people bad, that are dude. apparently super against trading for Lowry look at how his fan base feels about him and it's like why would you want a guy that elicits those kinds of reactions it must be for a reason maybe even though you don't watch him like we love him yeah um so a couple things because the heat's uh 7.5 trade exception expires at midnight tonight so far no word um, and I, I want to, I don't think they're going to use it. And I want to kind of talk to fans as to why the heat might not use it because it, it's frustrating. Cause with the Celtics, they're not going to use theirs. It doesn't look like, and Celtics Twitter is really angry at Danny Ainge for not using the, the player exception, the trade exception that Gordon Hayward probably left for nothing. And they have nothing to show for it. <clears throat> the heat have $127 million in salary right now with whatever dead cap they have and all this stuff. They are 27 million, one, one twenty-seven million. The hard cap is at 139 million. And the hard cap was triggered when the Heat used a full mid-level exception on Harkless and Bradley. So they split their MLE so they can keep their biannual. And by splitting their MLE, they used all of it. So Harkless and Bradley, by using that 9.3 or whatever amount that is, that triggers a hard cap. So the Heat cannot exceed $139 million in, in salary. If the Heat take a bigger salary like Lowry, the Heat don't have enough salary to get to the 30 million. So I think you have to get the, the magic number is 24 million. 
So Andre and Kelly gets you to the magic number that you need to get to Lowry to get to the 24 million. If you take in extra Lowry salary, all of a sudden you're real close to that hard cap and that's not a fun place to be, right? So keep that in mind when the Heat don't use a player exception because the 7.5 million, just A, you have to cut a guy, right? So you have to create a roster spot that you don't have. And then you take on salary, and then now you add more salary. It, it gets tough. It makes the trade deadline a lot more complicated. And I just don't think that they feel like they're going to get anything that is super significant, that is going to change the trajectory of their championship aspirations, and they're just better off not using it. And I, I just think that's understandable and okay. Uh, the second thing is clarity on Miami's pick situation. I tweeted this out earlier. This is from Albert Namad's website. Uh, Heat owe Phoenix the 2021 pick. The Heat keep their 2022 pick. And this is where it gets complicated. The Heat owe Oklahoma City their 2023 pick that is 1 through 14 protected. And that rolls over until like 2026. The issue is they technically can trade the 2025 pick because with all likelihood, that 2023 pick is getting conveyed to Oklahoma City. It's unlikely that they're going to be that bad. However, they can only trade a conditional 2025 pick because there's no assurance that that pick is going to not be conveyed or be conveyed. So that's where the talk of removing protections on the 2023 pick so that it for sure gets conveyed and they don't have to send a quote unquote conditional pick to somebody. They can just trade the 2025 pick or the 2026 pick, whatever they want. So that's a conversation about removing protection on the Thunder pick because it's lottery protected. And I don't know. Maybe they do it. Maybe they don't. It depends. I don't imagine that that's going to get in the way of a Lowry trade or something that they, if they legitimately feel like they're shooting for a championship, I don't think that the protections on that pick are going to be in the way of them doing something. If they need a first round pick to make a trade that they like, uh, you know, as Pat Riley says, uh, there are obstacles, but in the end, there's none. There's tons that they can do. They can, uh, somebody on Twitter told me Oklahoma City returns 23 to Miami and then Miami unprotects or send, receives 20. Like they, they can like pick swap. They can do a lot of stuff. I'm not going to get into the machinations of that. Um, and that's, it's going to be a complicated trade deadline. There's a lot going on. Um, you know, whether or not Cleveland's involved, you know, watch out for that. Keep, keep an eye on the news for that. I'm sorry, stream. My camera goes in and out because of my faulty USB cable. Um, you know, we didn't even get into Andre, but I mean, you know, probably Andre's outgoing with Olenek in a Lowry trade, unless Toronto wants to take the poo-poo platter of Harkless and Avery Bradley and a bunch of other, I think it's like six players. I don't know. Nikaias, I think it's probably more likely that Andre and, and Olenek go, right? That makes more sense. Okay, you're Mute. I was muted, sorry. Uh, yeah, that probably makes the most sense. I mean, that's your salary there, like, what Iggy's at 15, Kelly Olenek's at 12 or somewhere in there. Yeah. If I remember correctly. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that makes it easy. Honestly, if you're going to trade one of the, uh, the lighter hued players for a guard upgrade, just try to build something with new Orleans and get Lonzo ball in here. Like I'll feel more comfortable paying him 20 mil moving forward than like Norman Powell. I don't know. How oh, take I, that I'm is. with you. I'm but I'm like, totally with you. Like Miami also flip. has a 2022 second to give. It's a bad second. It's like the worst pick between Denver and Philly, but whatever. It was in the bubble. You know they traded three second round picks for KZ. I didn't know it was three. It won't play them. 
It's like, damn, that's a lot. I mean, whatever. I mean, who cares? It's just like you're looking at like their their treasure trove and you're just like, huh, interesting. That's uh, not a lot of stuff there. I think that's going to be the, the biggest difference in the post Pat Riley era, whenever that happens, or if, you know, the world still exists by the time that happens, is that Miami is suddenly going to like care about second round picks. That's going to be a nice change since they just kind of throw them away. Or they oh, use them God, on my deathbed watching the Heat have multiple first-round picks. <laughs> <laughs> the Heat, what, I mean, I, we've talked, like, I don't know the last time that he traded a player for a first-round pick. They don't, that's just not something that Riley does. It's not, and we've argued about some players that they should have done that for or shouldn't have done that for, so there's no need to rehash that. But, yeah, the, the way that Miami uses their draft picks is interesting. And it's even more odd considering that they've hit on Bam, they've hit on Hero. Like I think pressure is going to be fine. They hit on Josh. They hit on Winslow. Yeah, like it's they've drafted pretty well over the last five six years. They hit on so. Napier. I mean, all the shit we can say. I mean, Napier's still basketball player. Like that was good. You know. So yeah, I don't know. Well, I guess we'll we'll just see what Miami decides to do. But yeah, that's that's my pitch. Like flip Duncan Robinson and Andre Godala and something else. Get JJ Reddick and Lonzo Ball in here. The bio market's gonna be fun. He'd have a biannual. We will keep you up to speed. I will not keep my Steam panel much longer. Uh man, remember to check us out on Patreon, patreon.com slash Miami Heatbeat for our offerings there. We're scheduling another watch party soon. Last one was fun. Listen, I love doing the watch parties. We have these, you know, during a COVID time, we can't gather, uh, we can't watch games together as we would like to, as we've done in the past, getting to bars with our listeners. So I think the I think the virtual watch parties have been fun. You know, we we all sit together and, and we we stream the game, we talk, we have fun, we get on a Discord call, uh, and we all hang out. We have a drink and we we eat some food and it's great. I love it. So join us on Patreon so you can sign up for those. Our new newsletter drops every other week on monday my turns up we have a big stat dump i'm very excited i'm preparing some cool stuff for that uh also our locker room sessions we do them at 10 a.m so if you miss them uh we don't we don't we have nowhere to post them so we're just we're posting them to patreon so if you like them today we went an hour we went deep. We we got Alf's takes. Listen, if you want a, a completely different show than what you got here, you get Alf and Tiffany, uh, their takes on the Lowry Powell stuff. That's a lot of fun. Uh, so check out all our offerings on Patreon, uh, our merch store, uh, store.miamiheapy.com, uh, all the drip drop merch and all that stuff. Uh, Nikias, you have anything to plug? You write a lot. You do a lot of podcasts. What what what's what's up? What's what's coming up? Ah, man, I have, I am basically on trade duty this week. So a lot of my work is going to be centered on like trade rumors. If trades happen, I'll be analyzing some stuff. Um, I'm more than likely going to be hopping on the basketball news, like live stream during the trade deadline on Thursday. I'm assuming nothing life, nothing in life like pops up. I should be on there at least for a little bit. So that's coming. Um, If you have not, yet done so please subscribe to the dunker spot podcast we're on apple we're on spotify we're on google stitcher wherever you get your podcast uh i think that's about all i got listen subscribe rate review the dunker spot and miami heat beat and and listen the more money the dunker spot makes the more cookies steve can buy and cookie steve makes for the best podcast nikaias does not like it never like, mind well, 